yesterday where they do that, like not de-aging, but like capturing the faces. And it's the most uncanny Valley shit. Did you see Polar Express? Oh yeah. Starring Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks. And as the homeless man, Tom Hanks. Oh, and as Santa, Tom Hanks. He's also a little boy, Tom Hanks. They were just like, should we hire anyone else? And he's like, I'll do it. Me and Chet can do it. And then Tom had to do all the parts. You know what movie is real weird? What? Forrest Gump. Yeah, so the, it's Bizarro Land. We're not on, are we? Here we are. Oh, well, yeah. No, that's a Bizarro Land movie that is... Forrest Gump is America's MacGuffin, right? Like, it, we can look past all the heartache if we just go like, it's just because Forrest made an oopsie. All of Forrest's oopsies. Now, this week, uh, we are going to be talking about the cool list. Have you ever heard of the cool list, Peter? No. They release a list sometimes of, like, what's cool. Uh, we'll get into it first it makes though. Sense. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's a cool list. I can't tell you who releases it. They're too cool for that. Uh, but first I want to do podcast things real quick. We've had a huge uptick in listenership. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank welcome for, everybody. Yes. Welcome everybody. Uh, this is Effie. Uh, if you don't know, I'm from pro wrestling. I'm pretty gay and I'm having a big gay brunch this week on Sunday morning. And this is my lovely friend and co-host Peter. Hi, Peter is, uh, you don't use the term wizard anymore since old Rowling. No, I don't I don't think so. He's a part of the deep eternal realm and he's one of my Perfect. closest allies and he's possibly the uh, the first script scribe Scry. disciple because he's named Peter. And we've got to tell the story. We're telling the story this week. Are you ready for me to deny you three times? Please deny me. Can I who got who got their ear cut off? That was a soldier, wasn't it? And then he put it back on. Yeah. He said, here, take this. Magic tricks, right? <laughs> uh, either way, if you've been listening for a while or if you just started listening, uh, please subscribe, follow on Spotify, review us, leave a review. It helps. It helps in visibility. And it will help us overtake uh, the Cult of Cornette because we need to be higher on the wrestling podcast list so that people see that there's hope out there and wrestling isn't just full of old, sad cucks. What are you going to do? The cool list, Peter. Now... I don't often bring it up. It is sort of a, the only people who are seeing the cool list are people who are cool. So I, if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, folks. I have seen it. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole list. I'm going to go through a couple people on the list. Now, number three was me. I was number three on the cool list. And it said, slash, you wouldn't be here if Alley Catch wasn't so cool. And I agree with that after the Lady Gaga concert Friday. <laughs> uh, but number two was Elmo this week. Because they took, they're taking Elmo's show Elmo's late night show off of HBO Max. And I feel like having your content removed from a streaming service is so punk rock. That's what made Elmo especially cool this week. Did you know that they're taking it off? No. Did you ever watch Elmo's late night show? I didn't know he had one. He has a full late night show like Jay Leno. And he dresses up in a suit. Elmo, Elmo, Elmo loves having a late night show. Elmo, Elmo loves Jay Leno. But, but he, he was willing to commit an assault to get his own show. Yeah, so Elmo, top of the week. Did you know Elmo's an orphan? No. Yeah, he doesn't talk about it. That's part of the darkness of his punk rock cool. But the point of this list is we're getting Where's here. Were his parents murdered outside of a movie theater? Maybe. Who did it? Could have been me. <laughs> it's too much. The number one on the list. All right, you ready for this? Yes. It's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's topping the cool list this week. Why, you might ask. All right, this might reveal who made the cool list, okay? I watched two Jeffrey Dean Morgan movies yesterday, and both of them were not good movies, 
but holy fuck, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's not Javier Bardem. Do you know who Javier Bardem is? I do. They look very similar. They do. They're not. And I also am of I the used belief- to have a real per- struggle with that, where I would just tell people that Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in this movie and it, you know, it was Benicio Del Toro instead because <laughs> he somehow gets looped in there too. Benicio can look like anyone, though. He's sort of a, yeah, a marvel. That's true. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is also not Javier Bardem's just name that he calls himself when he's doing an American accent. I thought that was a possibility, too. No, it's not Javier. It's me, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I'm an American actor, and I'm not Javier Bardem. Right? Like, that makes sense? So here's the two movies I watched. Possession. Have you seen Possession? No. Okay, here's why this movie fucking rips. You're like, oh, a lot of Possession movies. The priest shows up. No priest this time. It's Modest Yahoo. Yeah, dude. Wait, Jewish what? rap reggae star of Modest Yahoo Shut and up. Jeffrey Dean Morgan have to team up to kill the Dabuk and release it back into the box because it's possessed the children. Bro, when, when Modest Yahoo showed up to get rid of this Jewish demon, I was so fired up. And Modest Yahoo was like, look, I'm not like my dad. I'm not like a traditional rabbi like my dad. He'd be scared of the Dabuk, but I think we can conquer this Dabuk. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan was like, all right, well, my daughter is acting crazy, they save her from the Dubuk. But there's a kind of a twist at the end with Modest Yahoo. But then, on full accident, I watched another Jeffrey Dean Morgan movie. Part of this is like, a lot of people are like, Effie, you're so busy. How do you have the time? Like, I understand if you don't call me back. But what is being revealed here is that a lot of the time where I'm busy, it's just because I'm watching movies, and I'm not going to do work while I'm watching movies. And if I don't have the time to watch movies, I'm mad. The Postcard Killings. Have you heard of this movie? No. With Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Holy shit. His young daughter, upon being married, is murdered overseas in Europe as a part of a string of artistic murders. Huge twists. Huge plays. Artistic murders. And they're happening around museums. They're recreating famous paintings with the body parts. They can't figure Mm. out what's going on. Oh, and there's a twist. So Jeffrey Dean Morgan, number one cool guy of the week. I was so impressed thoroughly with his acting skills yesterday. Why did I take up time on the podcast to talk about the coolest this week? Because I didn't do anything Sunday except for watch Echoes. Like I just smoked weed and watched Echoes, Peter. And we're going to talk about that on the Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Weekend at Effie's. It's going very well. I'm really enjoying having the Patreon. Not just the people signing up, but like having the place to post this weird stuff. Or like I'm like, I can't post this to Twitter. Or or wanting to create more content to be able to post it for people and kind of sharing even more. We shared some Lady Gaga posts uh, day of in our outfits. I will say this about my Lady Gaga outfit. At one point, this has been a three-month ordeal of Allie going, you better have your outfit for the concert, and AJ going, I'm going to have my outfit for the concert, and me going, I'm sure I'll have an outfit for the concert. And then I realized, Peter, I'm not a fashion icon. I wear one outfit. I'm the Ronald McDonald of gay wrestling. I will be in black boots, black pantyhose, pleather trunks, and a pink jacket. My hair and face might look a little different, but everything else is Ronald McDonald. And then if I'm not wearing that, I'm wearing zipper pants or zipper shorts because I lose everything. My whole life is just utility. So I'm not used to like dressing up for events. But here's what I learned from Lady Gaga. No one on purpose, very few people on purpose are trying to wear a bad outfit, right? And in that kind of environment, you can look awful. And we are all complimentary and excited that the effort was put in. Like we are all building each other's confidence. We're excited. We're there. We see that we put an effort and we're celebrating each other. 
I told AJ five days before the concert, he held up this shirt and was like, will you wear this shirt? I said, I think this might be the single worst garment of clothing I've seen in my whole life. And Peter, something shifted in me because as everyone got there and got ready and we were feeling ridiculous and knowing we were going to Lady Gaga, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not even going to look ridiculous. Even if I look ridiculous, I'm wearing this ugly ass shirt and I wore it. You can see the pictures. I just put one on Instagram of me in the ugliest shirt in the world. It was, it's like cheetah print gold, but very boxy and doesn't fit right. And is the kind of like fabric that makes you sweat even more than you're sweating in the middle of Georgia. It's not a good look, but I felt good and I look good enough in myself and I have confidence in myself even when I'm wearing dumb stuff. I say a few people because I specifically do wear dumb outfits sometimes. Uh, and so I can't say no one wears a dumb outfit on purpose, but most people are not trying to go into public with a terrible outfit on. So I said, fuck it, I'm wearing this outfit. Now, truth be told, we got there and there were a lot of people dressed up. There were also a lot of like country husbands. <laughs> country husbands were out in full force at the uh, Brave Stadium for Lady Gaga. Yes, it was held at the Brave Stadium. I was doing lift rides on Friday. I bet you were doing fine. And uh, I did a lot of Gaga and it was it was an interesting crowd going in. People were excited. It was very peaceful. I mean, we, we got there and we're with a group of people, Ali Couch with us obviously as well. And, you know, I knew there would be kind of like protestery kind of things, but there were barely any people out there yelling about God and you're yeah. all hateful. I just like, here's the thing, folks, we can yell at them. We can flick them off. That's what they want. They're wearing GoPros. They know what they're doing. What's better to do instead is to get really horny in front of them. Like, Imagine your kink is people spitting on you and saying mean things. That's a pretty common kink. So this guy's like out here trying to dom for that kink at the Gaga show, talking about God hates you, you dirty, you dirty sinner. I bet you get horny for the devil, don't you? And I'm like, mm, yeah, tell me how bad I am. Oh, I made a mistake coming here, didn't I? Oh. But like, because at the end of the day, these dudes are out here at a Lady Gaga concert for five hours. You can hear the show from outside the Brave Stadium. Mm -hmm. You can hear her uplifting every voice. You can hear the fireworks going off. You can hear her say... <clears throat> Atlanta, it's hot here, and it's a fucking emergency. And then drop into the 911 hardest beat drop of all time. So we know why you're there, guys. Don't yell at them. Don't flick them off. They're sad. They're horny. It's rough being in the closet. Imagine donating that much of your time every week to leave your lovely, demure wife, who is a woman of the faith, and your children, who you're upbringing at home, so you can go yell at these gays. We need to tell them. They were wearing, you will not believe it, Sharon. They were wearing very small shorts. Some of them even had their buttocks exposed with a chap-like underwear that I'm not familiar with. And then some of them were covered in sparkles and they had sculpted abs. They clearly are worshiping at the Iron Throne instead of uh, to the true idols or worshiping false buff idols, which is just dis it's so disgusting. Sharon, do you want to go upstairs? We can have another kid. You know we don't use protection. and I don't really have a job because I spend all my time at the Lady Gaga concerts yelling at these young gay men. Who has that much free time? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, listen, I barely have time for the things I love, much less the things I hate. I don't have time for things I hate. I don't really 
need to go to a, a an NBA game, but I'm not going to go yell at people who want to go to an NBA game. You know it's a different team all the time. They're not even from this city. You know your tax dollars would go down if you didn't have to buy these stadiums. I could do that, but it's not going to affect anyone, and I hope it doesn't get people riled up. Everyone looked so beautiful at Lady Gaga. We were going in, and they had everything pretty figured out, and they had separated the lines to the different sections because obviously if you're on the floor you're out on the field you got to have a pass for that peter here's where we here's where we break it down all right there's a lot of i'm a very open book most of the time right but there's also like there's just stuff i don't talk about and i don't need to talk about it it's not important or pertinent to anyone we arrived to the show and everybody's feeling pretty rowdy we're in the zone you know we're ready for gaga and I noticed someone also in the line who I did not know lived in Georgia and did not know would be at this concert with one of his friends. Now, who is it? It's my ex. Uh, I was trying to avoid the line because I was like, AJ has not seen him yet. This is fine. Now, early, early, early in our relationship, me and AJ, currently dating now, uh, there was a bit of a controversy over I had like continued liking this person's pictures after we had stopped dating it's a no it's a no no and you got to talk to your partners and you got to communicate and if they say hey this is something that makes me uncomfortable mm -hmm. you say well i love and care about you i think it's stupid if it makes you uncomfortable i will honor that request this was the last interaction we had over this person and this is almost seven years ago now like it's so some, aj knows what this person looks like yes time has passed and the issue was that this person was much younger than AJ. When me and AJ started dating, I was 25 and he was 24. I'm 32 and he is 30 now. They're, the timing, it's whatever. There's birthdays in between. I dated this person when I was 23, 24, and they were 19, which, like, I'm not doing it now. Not because I think it's illegal to date 19-year-olds. Have you talked to a 19-year-old lately? It's fucking abysmal. It's mm -hmm. not... It's not fun to do. All, sorry to all my friends out there who are under the age of 20. Sometimes it's not fun to talk to you. That's just a fact of being a 32-year-old man. He's older. We're older. Everyone's older. We try to go to the line, and then we notice we're going. We have to go to the other line that they're in, but then they get removed from the I'm like, they're in front of us in the line. Not a big deal. But then they're asked to go to another section of the line because they're in the wrong section and walk right directly at us. And I'm going, here we go. And I go, hey, because they said, hey. And I look back at AJ, and, and I'm just trying to see the reaction. God bless Lady Gaga and all of her vibes, because he just goes, face crack, honey. And then we walk into the room. So it was like, I'm like full on, like, where do we go? What are we doing? Oh, my God. It's my ex. Oh, what is this? And I'm trying to herd gay cattle, and we're just all, they're rowdy. I was the DD for this event. I still had a great time. Uh, but I was like having to face this head on, and knowing that AJ is fully past it now, like how could he not be? It's long enough. But I was just like, it was such a relief going in and we had such a wonderful night together. I'm not done talking about this show though, because Holy fucking shit, Lady Gaga. This is you're, you can go on tour and play for two hours or three hours or do whatever and play all your hits, or you can create an entire cinematic storyline that is taking place over the course of this concert. And I don't want to spoil the whole concert for people, but a lot of the dates have already happened. She opens the show inside of a box dress thing where she cannot move. And so it's just all you're seeing is the dancers around her dancing and stuff is happening. All the hits are played. And I don't want to say that like it was an imperial march, but there was a very like 
kind of pseudo-fascist winky play at like, these are the songs from the radio. You will dance to them. You will enjoy them. So she busts out all these radio hits, like one after one after one. And people are like, what? She's going, just dance. You're going to be okay. Not like that, but like in my head, I could hear, I have other voices there, Peter. Uh, And then the whole thing shifts and we enter the chromatica phase. So this was like a prelude, a prelude of like, you want to hear some number one radio hits? Here's the prelude. That's so smart. It's incredible because then we're fully in and focused. Nobody's, when I told you, when I saw Orville Pack and they kept yelling, uh, you know, play Hexy Mountains. And I'm going, what is this dude going to do when they play Hexy Mountains and there's still 10 songs left and he can't yell anything anymore. And it's the only song he wanted. And also that's a slow song. So why are you screaming for it? And now I know you're going to scream. It doesn't matter. This woman puts on a full Hollywood spectacle. I just want to say, before the movie comes out, before we see trailers, before we see anything, if this was her audition tape to be Jokerina in the Joker 2 musical, she fucking nailed the part. I heard her Jokerina laugh. She was doing face stuff. She was bound to the boards. They wouldn't let her free, but she was in control of everything. And here's where it gets real crazy, Peter. She starts running into the crowd. She's doing Babylon. It's a big moment. End of act three. She does this move. And I know Gaga's done this show a lot. And there's a there's a magic to how Gaga can be this impenetrable rock and roll superstar, the biggest pop icon you've ever seen. Everything perfect. Outfit changes, like Britney, like Madonna, like all Beyonce, everything being perfect, but also having like the secret wink for those of us that want it. And she timed this moment in the song when she's finishing up the song, walking like, remembering why you do this next to this child dressed as Lady Gaga walking down the runway and like pose for a second with the cameras because everything is filmed perfectly, honey. If you can't see, you can see. And then enters this box and everything goes kind of dark. And then this bitch comes out of a motherfucking box on top in the middle of Brave Stadium, away from the stage to a completely new area in a tree piano, an alien biomechanical tree piano. And just starts belting out songs. Oh and this God. portion of the concert was just like, what if you went to like a, a Mad Men style party and everyone was like, gather around the piano. We're going to tell stories and sing some songs you might know. It was like that. And it was this whole thing of just, she was there with us. She was talking to us. She was feeling things. She's talking about how she felt. And then boom, this ends. It goes crazy. Grand finale. As Ali Catch put it, this bitch knows how to ride a pop because she ends a show. Here's what I don't like now. The encore is a given. I don't like that anymore, right? It used to be this band plays and then you want it so bad. They're like, fuck, we got to go back yeah. out there. They want it so bad. Yeah, You got to save an encore song just in case. What if they love it? But people are so expectant of the encore that they kind of just wait for it. And so I just started letting out guttural screams and I felt like that was getting people riled up and she did come out and play an encore and she played hold my hand. And I want to say this after seeing Ali catch do that song karaoke and seeing Lady Gaga do it live in brave stadium. I want the duet. I want the hold my hand duet. The only problem I had with the hold my hand finish. And this is a Lady Gaga signature. She had her claw. Have you seen the claw? It's like a Freddy yeah. Krueger, Krueger yeah. metal hand claw. And she kept screaming, take my hand, hold my hand. And I'm going, does it have to be that one? I feel like I'm going to get my hand shredded up if you don't if you don't give me a little bit here. But she kept saying to hold that hand. And if that's the, take the little hand, it's my strong hand. You know, it was very that vibe, but I was into it. 
Concert ends. The world is peaceful for a moment, for a brief moment. And who do we see but Brody motherfucking King at the Lady Gaga concert? Oh, yeah. You mean the giant 6'5 goth motherfucker from Malachi Black's goth supergroup on AEW? Yeah, I do mean that Brody King who has a Lady Gaga tattoo and understands that Lady Gaga is pro wrestling. Lady Gaga is all the drama. Lady Gaga is in full control, but you still second guess these things. You worry about the danger. You don't know what's coming. And there is full story and spectacle to it. Brody gets it. And that show ripped. And I would like for one to see Brody's band, God's Hate, uh, open for Lady Gaga. I think if you open the pit, I think if Lady Gaga does a song with them at the end and screams, open up this fucking pit, that like... The worlds will converge and we'll be at a real, an even more peaceful moment than after Lady Gaga. The show itself, incredible. Being a, an Atlanta native helped out. There were a lot of people going like, where do we go in Atlanta now? Like, where's the after party? And of course, our whole gay crew was like, what do you want? What subculture do you need? What kind of gay experience would you like to have? And one of the kids, and I say kids because he was like early 20s in college. He was like, we're not from here. We're from the University of South Carolina. And I was like, yeah, baby, you are. Go Gamecocks. I graduated there 10 years ago. He was like, 10 years ago? He's like, was this here? And I was like, yep. And he was like, was this here? And I was like, yep. And then I told him where to go to party. Now, we did not go anywhere to party. We went home. We went right back to the house. We reflected. We smoked weed. We watched Claws. Have you seen Claws, Peter? No. Oh, my God. This Nisi Nash show is incredible. It's about girls who do nails and run nail salons, but also keep oopsing their way into crime. I highly recommend Nails. I think there's five seasons of Nails. Not Nails. Claws. Why did I just call it Nails? Because they do nails, but they use their nails like claws. Ton of oopsie murder. Enjoyed the show. It's a fever trip of a show. Uh, second to that, not that we're just doing show recommendations, we're about to talk about actual pro wrestling. The new season of Drag Race Philippines is fucking immaculate. The drama is so real. These Filipino girls read the shit out of each other and then go right back to being sisterly. They are polished as fuck. They're trying crazy new things. And Mama Pao is a fantastic host. Drag Race Philippines. I am enjoying every bit of Drag Race Philippines. We went to bed, though, Peter. And what's beautiful about getting to fly out on a Saturday, going to New Jersey after the fact, getting to go out to a concert before these shows, you get to sleep in a little bit. And I thought our flight might have been earlier, but it was not early at all. We had a 2 o'clock flight. And Peter, we were not landing at just any New Jersey airport. We were landing at the Trenton Airport. Now you're going, I don't know anything about the Trenton Airport. I know Newark, maybe Philly's close there. LaGuardia maybe is in New York. No, no, no. The Trenton Airport is, I think they only have Frontier flights. It's just a tarmac and a portable classroom for the luggage. And you walk off the plane like Elvis. We got to the airport in Atlanta pretty early, and they kept delaying. They kept delaying. And I'm going, maybe this is just the curse. Now, Peter, we haven't talked about dice in a while, the die. But I woke up, and I rolled a seven. And so I figured, listen, we're going to try our best. But if today goes to shit, Lady Gaga was an incredibly good time. I've got big shows next weekend in Chicago. It won't be the end of the world if our flight gets canceled. I don't want it to, though. We got to the airport. They're canceling. They're canceling. They're delaying, they're delaying. We end up landing at the Trenton Airport at 6.45. The show starts at 7. They pushed it back a little bit to 7.30, which helped. Uh, 
and you walk off the plane like Elvis and grab your bags and rush to the show. And I was like, am I in the fucking Rolling Stones? Like, am I going to have to start dancing like Mick Jagger? Like, just pull the plane up. We're right on time. I think we're going to do one of our hits. Do we have our bags? Are we allowed to bring our drugs in? We're going to go to the Garden State. I've never been to this airport, Peter, and it was really beautiful and magic. But we had to go to Garden State. We had a triple threat tag match against the workhorsemen, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry, and uh, the weird wild team of Marcus Mathers and Trey Lamar. Now, Trey Lamar used to kind of be a twink, and now, I don't know what happened, he got jacked as fuck. So I was like, oh, what is he going to do, Drop kick me? No, dude, he's going to like do a hanging vertical suplex on my neck. Crazy strength. Marcus Mathers diving on everybody, going crazy. Uh, but the workhorsemen... They decided to start the match with a bang by pile driving my ass onto a chair on the floor on my jacket and had Bussy out of action for a minute. So we didn't come in until later into the game of the match. But I do want to say this. I am more sore after a match with the workhorseman where I was taken out for part of the match than I am for most weekends where I wrestle three or four more times. These dudes beat the fuck out of me. They beat the fuck out of me. And for unfortunately, Bussy, uh, we did not win the match, but Bussy doesn't lose. So Bussy wins our hearts. Bussy is a heart winner. It was fucking painful, Peter. Oh, um, it was rough. I did get to see the lovely Sunny Kiss. I did get to see Kid Bandit, who will be at the Big Gay Brunch uh, this upcoming week. And I got to see my my sweet little buddy, Tony Deppin. Tony Deppin and Bali and Aki had an incredible match there. Bali and Aki is in the States uh, for a little while now, based in Orlando. He does Choco Pro. Have you ever seen Choco Pro? No. Choco Pro is something I think he does with Emi Sakura. Uh, I know Mesa Ruga does it over there. There's a few of the people that do it. Uh, Chris Brooks, who's a, I think, is he Aussie turned Brit turned J- Japanese? I don't know. He might just be Brit turned Japanese. Uh, it's in like a little building on the floor and they just do everything kind of like out of a ring and weird. They have like, uh, what is his name? Uh, it's Genshi something and it's, it's someone acting like an old man who's like an old man with a stick. But if he loses the stick, he gains all his power back. And so he can do like crazy moves. It's a wild, (laughs) weird, wonderful thing. So then to see him now sort of have this like work rate battle match with someone like Tony Deppin, it's magical to know that like professional wrestlers can do it under any circumstance, whether you're in a little room or in a house. I saw a video today of Kenny Omega having a fight at like a nature compound and they did spots into the lake. And then he, did a falcon arrow off the mountain, like down a, a hill of dirt where the guy slid. Wrestling can happen anywhere. Wrestling is just in your face, improv, physical, aggressive acting. So it doesn't necessarily need a ring, but when it has a ring, there are a lot more components of that professional wrestling thing you can bring in. So what I'm saying is Bali and Aki fucking rips, follow Bali and Aki, and Tony Deppin is one of the best. Now, I got out of here with Manders and Ali. And I want to I want to phrase this as no shade to the promotion because the truth is there were no hotels available near Newark. But we drove Alley back to Jersey City, which is near the Newark Airport. I thought I was at the Best Western near the Newark Airport. I was not, so we ended up having to drive all the way back to where we were before, and then get a ride in the morning to the airport. But luckily, Sunday when I landed, I had absolutely nothing to do, Peter, and. Some people would say like, oh, well, shouldn't you be out like trying to do some stuff for the podcast? Well, yeah, like I was walking the dogs. I was cleaning, did a little vacuuming. Bebop still does not like the vacuum. Will warned me too when I got Bebop. Bebop does not like skateboarders. And I was like, oh, yeah, Bebop does like skateboarders. I ran into some skateboarders the other day. 
That is the most vicious I have seen that dog. Yeah. He attacks the vacuum, but like the skateboarder, it was like, if I don't kill this person, yep. I may not live. It was insane. And I have the dogs on the double leash. So Cranberry's like, why are you yanking me over here? I don't want to go fuck with skateboards. That looks not fun for me. Cranberry might be a good skateboarding dog though. She's reaching that calmness in her, in her elder years. I could totally see that. I think she could skateboard. I think if you just left her in a room with it for a while, she'd figure it out. She's very smart. Bebop and Cranberry are smart in different ways. Like me and AJ are smart in different ways. Like Cranberry is just this very perceptive kind of by the books creature. And Bebop is just like a chaos explorer. You can (laughs) figure out which is which. That's uh, easy enough. Um, Peter, we're going to actually, I mean, we're going to probably go into questions earlier this week. We Uh, have a lot of questions. That's good. So that can take up a big chunk here. And, And I don't like waiting too long to do questions, but here's the facts, people this week is a huge week in my life. I was explaining to Peter before we got on the air that, you know, I previously, previously described where my career is currently sitting as the, the first time Luke pulls the X-Wing out of the swamp and it's covered in mud and it falls back in. But when I tell you that I truly believe September 1st is when I get the fucking X-Wing out of the Dagobah, we're going on a fucking adventure. We'll be at Freelance Thursday night to kick off a weekend of Chicago wrestling. Friday, I will be making an announcement at the uh, at the Black Label Pro Show. I don't have a full match. Thank God. Come hang out. I'm going to be selling merch, chilling at the table. I have an exclusive reprint coming of the Effie Live shirt, the original Effie Live skeleton pink that will be available this weekend. So big note there. And I have a couple other shirts as well. Uh, Saturday, though, is the fucking War Games, Peter. Last year in the War Games 440 face-off against Team MDK, which was myself, uh, Nick Gage, of course, Mance Warner, Matthew Justice, and I believe Alex Cologne was in there uh, helping us out. I don't want to miss anybody. I think that's everybody that was in there. Uh, this year, it is a tag team War Games. So there will be Bussy entering the two rings surrounded by a giant cage filled with glass against the Briscoes, who we took the belts from, against Los Macizos, who took the belts from me, against SGC, who used to have the belts and who may have helped us win the belts, and against the bastards. Alex Colon, John Wayne Murdoch, former bitter enemies turned best friends who are trying to vie for that championship and are known for doing crazy deathmatch shit. They have the most deathmatch experience of anyone in here. Maybe Ciclope and Miedo Extremo have a, a good bit as well. Briscoes have their fair share. SGC has a good share. Bussy may be the least, the least experienced in these moments, even though you're thinking back and going like, Effie, you do a lot of this shit. Not like these boys. Not like these boys do shit. After that, though, after I leave the fucking war games covered in blood, glass, and holding the Bussy championships again, I will possibly not sleep, and I will wake up for the Big Gay Brunch. Here's the thing, people. You cannot tweet too much about the Big Gay Brunch. We need to trend number one in America for my ego and because gay wrestling is the most lit wrestling of all. Have I ever been prouder of a card? Absolutely not. This card is incredible. We have so many people here. I just announced more teams for the tag gantlet. Brett is over here going like, whoa, 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 buddy. You're hiring everybody. And I'm going, I could hire more people if I wanted. But I also have done this. This is the fifth big gay brunch. I've done this five times. I know about timing. I know how to set this show up. I've got some surprises still in store. And yes, I do have to fight Max the Impaler. They are uh, back from Japan. Uh, They have been killing in Japan. 
and they are going to try to kill me. Now, you're going, Effie, why would you book a War Games and yourself against Maxine Paler? It's your show. You could book yourself against anyone. Here's the why, here's the reason why. <laughs> Effie versus Cranberry, and you just... Yeah, and I just kiss her. I told everybody, I was like, me and Allie are just doing a pancake eating contest for three hours. That's the big gay brunch this year. Fuck off. I'm tired of answering DMs. Um, In my heart, I know that when I have these bookings, a time will come when I'm going to have to face certain people. And I figured, given past experience with this event in Chicago around this time with All Out uh, and kind of following those breadcrumbs, I am very, very delusional crazy and psychotic by Sunday morning by my own doing. I know that I will be completely out of my fucking mind by the time I have to actually run my own show. I apologize to everyone in advance. I feel a little more together than I usually do. We have the best brunch of all time coming from Omegan with peach French toast, eggy is fine frittatas, and both vegan and non-vegan options for the bussy biscuits with a chorizo-style gravy over biscuits. The vegan biscuits are vegan. This is incredible. Now, will there be booze? Plenty. We taught the venue how to make mimosas last year. We taught them how to do mimosas. And they were like, really? And we were like, yeah. And then they came to us after, and they were like, mimosas are the fucking greatest thing. And we were like, I know. How did they not know about mimosas? Listen, they're a, uh, they're a small family from Mexico. They run this soccer arena. Okay. They have a lot of you know booze and different options, but it isn't something that people are like asking for there, you know. Right. So we, Bussy gave them a lesson on mimosas. Those will be back. I would like to see a lot of people out there. I want to see a lot of people watching on fight. But really, tweet about it, talk about it, put other people over. Let let the world see what we're doing here. There's a lot of incredible talent. I even told somebody. I said, could could you copy paste this uh, announcement about when to be here and the show information for people that have me blocked because I don't blame them for having me blocked or muted. You know, like I get it at this point, but also don't miss the show because you think I'm a loser because I'm not and you might be. I don't know. Um, After that, this is the Sundays we're going through now. I'm kind of filling a lot of things in here. I will be wrestling in Canada and I believe the Mall of America the first time wrestling is coming back to the Mall of America on September 10th than it's ever come back. And then Sunday I will be in Sunday, September 11th. That is going forward a week from the brunch. I'll be in Gainesville, Florida for fest, one of my original homes in wrestling. And on that day, I'm fucking ready, Peter. I'm fucking ready. I can't say anything else, but you know me, I've been chomping at the bit. Imagine, listen, things could have gone differently in the time period that I've been waiting for these things to occur. I could have been back in corporate jobs. I could have been injured. I could have been taken away. I could have been killed trying to save a bunch of people from a house fire. I don't know. A lot could happen. But in the words of Elton John, I'm still standing. I don't know the whole word. I don't, I don't listen to a lot of 80s Elton John. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, it's just not for me. But I like the little dance he does with the knees. My knees can't do that. I'm still standing. We're still here. The week after that, we go to the UK for the first time ever. God damn. I've got to get in my printing order. We have exclusive Bussy and Effie shirts coming to the UK for the first time ever. I know it's hard sometimes to get shipping over there. Uh, and I want to say this. I'm not putting any British flags on it. And I did scrap a t-shirt that was called Effie's Uncut Gay British Invasion. Uh, it was too much. It had my ass on it. It was a lot. I'm trying to still allow for the aggressiveness in Effie shirts, but also like I've had a lot of middle-aged moms walking up lately with kids who want to buy a shirt for their kids or want to buy a shirt for them that they can wear to the bank. This one here, it just says Effie. You know the drill. It's a little messy, but it's like fun. It looks kind of soft, but it's, you know, it's a little rigid and concrete. 
that's a fun shirt. But not everyone can wear a shirt that says electric, fantastic, fuck you, or just have my ass and pantyhose on it. I get that. We are going to have some beautiful shirts. The Bussy shirt, we did a shirt that kind of looked like a Fleetwood Mac album cover. This one looks like if Fleetwood Mac went a little bit ska, but not in, <laughs> not in the way you think. Like, not checkerboard ska, but like a little bit just like, like maybe we, we've been at the beach listening to Fleetwood Mac, and that's the vibe that you're going to get. It's awesome. Um, after I get back from the UK, which I do need to go cut promos. I'm in a different world right now. I understand for promotional reasons. I'm going to talk about these matches for a second in the UK before we get to questions. One, they are battling. They're having the girls battle over who gets to fight Effie. Now, Visage I'm very familiar with. Visage is a UK legend. I would love to have her over sometime for uh, a big gay brunch. She said she wants to retire. I said, don't do it. But Che Monet, someone I'm less familiar with, has challenged Visage for the right to face me. Now, this is where we go back to being a gay representative. Now, this is obviously I'm a goal. You would want to fight Effie. There is a, a visual in fighting Effie. You could possibly go viral if I'm too stoned and don't think about what I'm doing because uh, I'm not trying to go viral all the time. I'm trying to entertain the people in the room. But I want to warn you, when you battle to fight Effie, what you're asking for is trouble. And I'm not saying that it's trouble like I'm going to beat you to a pulp. It is trouble in the fact that I can point to over five people who have retired the moment after they have fought Effie. I can point to people who have run away after they have fought Effie. I can point to people who never wanted to wrestle again after they fought Effie, not because it was a bad match, but because they looked me in my eyes, they saw into my soul, and they said, I don't know if I'm built like him. I don't know if I'm built for this. Because I will tell you, there's a psychosis to the way I love pro wrestling. I understand that. There are positives and negatives to the way I approach it. But it will change your fucking brain to be in a ring with Effie, no matter what. No matter what you think, no matter how long you've been doing this, no matter how good you are at pro wrestling, you will be a shifted human being once you leave the ring with me. I can't control that. It's just who I am. So Che Monet, Visage, I'm very excited to face one of you. I would love to face both of you. But no, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it, baby. I'm going to the UK and I'm fighting one of them. Now, for progress, this little boy, Taint Mayfairs, has been in my fucking ear. Talking about, I am the Pied Piper of fake wrestling fans. Now, is he right? Maybe. It's a very British insult. You're the Pied Piper of fake wrestling fans. They're faux wrestling fans, love. Here's the deal, Tate. A lot of boys want to be real good pro wrestlers. All right. And Tate Mayfairs, we've watched you on the stream. I watched you on my stream, Tate Mayfairs. And you believe that what I do is not real pro wrestling or that the fans of Effie are not real pro wrestling fans? Let me clear the air. I walked into pro wrestling in 2013 and I looked around the room and I said, we should go ahead and replace everything here. And I'm sorry if I look like a Pied Piper for new people coming to wrestling that are looking for a little more excitement and entertainment rather than having to fucking decide whether it's a Fujiwara armbar or just a regular armbar. Go suck my dick, Fujiwara. I don't give a shit. What I do is be Effie. Effie is an entity, a spirit, a being. And now more people are coming to see wrestling because of Effie. More people are tuning into wrestling because of Effie. And I whisper softly into their ear. I say, child, darling, don't worry. 
to be a wrestling fan. You don't have to like all of it. You only have to like what you like. And this infuriates these dumb fuckers who spend every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday wasting their bumps, showing off their new spots, working on perfectly synced combos so that my boyfriend can look at me in the merch table and go, looks like they practiced that a lot, rather than bringing the bloodlust of what this is. This is an emulation of a fight. And you're going, oh, Effie, but you're trying to suck dicks and you're using your crotch and you're doing this. Effie, in a real-life fight, would attempt de-escalation first and might see if your energies could be put into a different place, put into a different channel. Love is hate, Peter, and if you hate me, then you might want to fuck me. And if I can trick you, I might get out of this thing alive. So Tate Mayfair's, maybe you need to have a look at what you think pro wrestling is. Maybe you've got a little bit of tunnel vision towards uh, what you're mad at Effie about. Maybe you think Effie is bringing the wrong people around, or maybe you think Effie is driving the right people away. I don't know. But I do know this. I'm coming to Progress, and people are buying tickets to see Effie, and I'm going to beat you in those little velvet pants all over the electric ballroom in the middle of fucking London, and it will be anarchy in the UK because I'm getting rid of the monarchy, and the queen will bow and kiss my fucking ring. So Tate Mayfair's enjoy. Because the Pied Piper of fake wrestling is coming over to jolly old England. I'm going to eat fish and chips. I'm going to smoke cigarettes. What do they call them over there? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to beat your fucking ass. (laughs) That's all I got to say about Tate Mayfair's right now, you little British Bodie. I heard Shay was going to come see us in Liverpool. Shay Purser. My little Welsh Shay Purser. Shay Purser has the deepest voice I've ever heard. And he has a lovely mum named Anita who's always on his stream. Welsh people are so fascinating to me because they have the coolest language of all, but they also speak English the coolest of all. Maybe, I don't know, the Scottish thing gets a little on my nerves in Connery at a point. No offense to Scottish people, I love you. Haggis is lit, all about it. But the Welsh people, and then like, anybody who's got a deep voice, I always like to listen to them. Don't have that deep of a voice, so it's nice to hear Shay Purser telling me. He goes... I know everything. I've got the scoops. I can't wait to see Shea Purser. We had him over for Big Gay Brunch in Dallas, and it was so lit. The return of Shea Fu. Uh, then the weekend after that. We are. We just cut that. We're going Sunday, 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 Sunday. This is what we're getting into. Konnichiwa. Effie is going to Japan. And not only is Effie going to Japan... AJ is going to Japan. Yes. <laughs> and he is coming with me. So we have the show in Los Angeles the Friday night before the 23rd. We leave the 24th. We have shows the 26th, 27th, and then the 4th, tailing off the end. So we've got a little break in between. We are going to show Japan to AJ and to myself. I'm so excited to get over there. The next four weeks, the next four Sundays are defining Sundays in this Mars period. And once we get out of that, it doesn't mean things are over, but it does mean that I can take a grand breath. I will take a grand breath. Because leading into the end of the year and into the new year, no, you're looking at me like I can't take a breath. It's So Mars is going to go into retrograde end of September, and so this is going to be a seven-month-long... The Mercury's in retrograde! You like block party? (laughs) I love block party. I did too. (laughs) They rule. Block party rules. Uh, Peter, uh, you can send in your questions to us on Patreon. Those will be honored first because we're trying to create a hierarchy uh, with a feudal system. we're only doing Patreon questions today. There's so many. There's so many. There's so many Patreon questions. We are exclusively doing Patreon questions today. It will take up a lot of time. Once again, that's patreon.com slash weekend at Effie's. I feel a great uh, deal of peer pressure to provide to you 
cool content behind the scenes stuff. I talked to Allie catch about this and she said, some people love the content. Some people come for the content. They need the content. Some people just want to support what you are doing. If you're one of those people, I appreciate you, but I do still want to make sure that we are providing something that every month you feel like you are getting the inside track. You're getting more, you're getting more inside jokes with me, more to talk about at the table. And, uh, I can be a little more free form in my discussions. Plus I think that we could, I believe that my description of Echoes on Netflix as this Patreon minisode goes on could be turned into a stage play that is then adapted uh, and I win a Tony. I don't know. This is how I feel. So we're going to do questions now, Peter. Uh, Like, subscribe, rate, review. What are the other things? What are the other? It's like bop it. Rate it. Review it. Subscribe it. Follow it. I think that's Play it. I think that's all you can do. Tell your sister about it. She's in the car a lot and needs podcast recommendations. She doesn't like wrestling? Doesn't matter. It's barely about wrestling. Suplex. <laughs> suplex. We call suplexes dumpers down here in the South, Peter. Do you know that? Talking about a German dumper, Northern Lights dumper, little vertical dumper, brain dumper. Oh, God. Little gut wrench dumper, butterfly dumper. We call them dumpers instead of souffles like those Northern Yankees. All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, this first one's from Joshua. Peter and Effie, if you could train one animal to be a battle mount, which one would you train? And also, said, I've always thought a giraffe would be a cool battle mount, which I agree with. I agree with a giraffe being a cool battle mount, but the long limbs are going to be the issue. There's only one answer here. Well, there's two answers here that I would pick. Number one is the hippopotamus. Have you seen those hippopotamuses before? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that dude is all muscle, has his own sunscreen, has the biggest mouth I've ever seen, and looks pretty rideable. Like, I don't think I'm going to cause a dent in the hippo's back. No. Have you seen a hippo run? They're fast. They're fucking fast. They're really fast. And everybody knows, you know, it's like the tidbit of trivia. They kill people. How many of your friends in Africa were killed by hippo? I almost got it killed by a hippo twice. What? Yeah. Hold up. Pause and let's yeah. talk about this. So there was a camp that we used to go to all the time on this lake, Lake Naivasha. And that's a beautiful name. By it the way. is a beautiful name. And we would, we would just go with like other missionary families and everything. So as I got older, it was more like, okay, well, you know, we'll let the boys have their own tent and everything. So we started to set up our tent in this one little ravine and the security guard comes walking through and he's like, yeah, you probably don't want to put that there because we had a hippo stampede here <laughs> last night and they're what? likely to be back. Holy shit. Um, and then stampede? A stampede. What's yeah. worse than one hippo? A lot of them. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so on the lake, we used to catch, I, they call them crawdads here, but they're like crayfish. Crayfish, yes. That's what we would call them with like the tails and everything. Prawns. Well, those are sea prawns. Yeah, cra- we call them crawdaddies up here. Mud bugs. So we would... <laughs> so gross. I love it. I go Listen, I'm going to go up to Bonton and get me a pound of them hot, fresh, bold crawdaddies right now. Uh, so we used to take like a little canoe out and uh, just fill up the boat. And hippos sleep slightly above the water. And they'll just kind of pass out. Because they've got the nostrils right Mm -hmm. on top where their eyes are, kind of. And so sometimes it's a little bit hard to tell if it's a hippo or if it's a rock. And so, like, a couple of times you would step out and be like, no, that's a hippo. And then just kind of. You've got to do a foot check on a hippopotamus? 100%. Oh, my God. That is. That is very dangerous. I like the concept of these animals existing to me from a distance. But I would mount that hippo. The other I'm thinking is in the same vein, 
rhinoceros. That'd be lit, right? They're super slow, though. Are they slow? Yeah, they're slow. How do we get a fast rhino? Could we do a little genetic engineering on a rhinoceros? You probably could. I don't know. I feel like rhinoceroses are... A glowing horn. I mean, I would cast from metal a cover for my rhinoceros like it was like real steampunk, but it's rhinoceros steampunk, and he's got a plate of armor. Think of how much metal you would need to make hippo or rhino armor holy shit golden compass rules though they had that polar bear in armor yeah they did are you going giraffe or do you have other ideas here no i think woolly mammoth would. whoa be. we can go extinct i think so i don't know dude i'm thinking about hopping on that t-rex oh well i mean if we're going okay let's go I guess full. I open this door yeah you open the door you want a brontosaurus like an old princess like Christmas jasmine and she's got the curtains on the top of her brontosaurus yes. car That's exactly get what me I up on the long neck i don't know why she got southern it's a different time. We don't know the accents of the ancient peoples. I I hope if the civilization falls apart, we somehow become the Flintstones. Like that's just the natural evolution. Because like they were, they had some shit going Flintstones on. In the Flintstones downstairs, Jetsons upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it could go that way. Uh, someone at the Lady Gaga concert screamed out, "It is so hot!" And I said, "We have to get used to it." <laughs> I don't think they got my joke, but it was dark. Okay, this one is from Megan. First, Hi, first I wanted to say thank you. My first live wrestling event was seeing Bussy absolutely kick ass in KC this year. Yeah. The, the Effie to Pro Wrestling Pipeline is real. I am a dedicated fan now, so my question for Effie is, what is your favorite part of wrestling? Watching you wrestle is such a, street, a treat. Uh, okay, here's truly my favorite part of wrestling. Now, a lot of people are thinking I'm being corny field of dreams about this, but when your entire day, I've done the math before, Peter, I did a match one time in Los Angeles that was 12 minutes long, 11 or 12 minutes long. And my entire day was built around this. There were 27 hours of a total day of traveling and doing everything before I finally went to bed from when I woke up. And it was point six percent of my entire day the match was and so when you are so used to that being your release there's this thing that happens before the match where your body almost like subconsciously starts to shut itself down a little bit and it's not because you're not energetic or you haven't drank three bangs or you're not ready to go or you don't know the match it's because your body knows it is about to do the thing and my body does the thing all the time. Like I've had a lot of matches this year. I had a lot of matches last year. I had a lot of matches the year before. This is one of the most constant things I do is perform as a professional wrestler. There's a moment when I get in the ring and I take my jacket off and I hit the song cue and I look down at my feet and I'm stretching. I'm doing a little hip stretch to get up, kind of be full star man position. And when I see my boots are on the canvas, Effie's there. It all pops in. And so that is my favorite part of pro wrestling because everything after that is the most fun and pain and joy and crazy adrenaline and sweat and spit. And having that release as a human being, I think has been not a replacement for therapy, obviously, but has been very therapeutic in a sense to have those let goes and those releases. And when you finish the match, all that tiredness is gone. You're up, you're feeling it. You won't be sore for a few hours. You've got that adrenaline rush, but it's that moment, you know, when you step in the ring and you look down that you're like, Oh, we're in it now. Nobody else is messing with me. I have one thing to do here. Nobody's going to come bother me. They don't have to talk to me. No offense to anybody talking to me, but sometimes I just want to do the thing. And that's when I know I can do the thing. And that's the thing. That's what I love most about pro wrestling. That's great. Yeah. And I'm sure there's other things I love a lot about pro wrestling that build to that moment meaning something, but it is an almost every time thing. So now you know. 
All right, this next one's from Rosalie. It just says, cryptozoology, question mark. Oh, yeah. Okay, so are we far enough removed from Nope to have a conversation? This is all I'm going to say. I don't think it was an alien. I think there are species of our Earth that are very good at hiding. I don't think humans are as perceptive as we think we are. I think there are very vast, undiscovered regions. And I think there are a lot of populations who have had run-ins with these things, but have more of a cultural respect for these creatures to where they're not going out and looking for them. Now, I played The Quarry on Twitch yesterday, which features this kind of like Wendigo-type creature in it. And... I am all for these cryptids existing, and I'm all for them ruining our lives if we fuck with them. Leave the leave the cryptids alone. Let them live. Now, I do own a chupacabra named Cranberry. She is a bit of a chupacabra or a deer. Some people think she looks like a deer. I kind of tend to agree. But I do think that there are weird creatures out there that we are not familiar with yet. And I think as we look back on like the mythological storytelling, like I watched... Uh, uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings again the other day, and they have that chicken without a head on it, which like is probably not a real creature, but it's probably built on real stories being told through time and these things that happen. So there are a lot of these things that have more of a mythos attached to them, but I think if we saw them in real life, we'd be like, oh no, this is a part of our world species community. We gotta honor it. Maybe, Maybe the Sasquatch doesn't want you to fuck with him. Maybe he's got a whole life to himself, and he likes being natural, and you know, he doesn't want to trim his hair for you and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to shit in a toilet. Okay. Maybe that's why Sasquatch doesn't want to mess with us. All right. Just let him shit in the woods, dude. If you see him, wave at him. You know, it's like seeing a celeb. Let the man live. Hey, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? It's like when I saw Adam Scott in CBS, you know what I did? I said, great shit, Adam Scott. And then I checked out. All right. Not because I don't think I should have a picture with him. And looking back when I eventually get some sort of debilitating brain disease, I'll probably want these memories. But sometimes those moments are just for you. So if you see a cryptid, don't feel bad if you didn't shoot it or take a picture of it or whatever you did. Just honor it. Let it go about its life. And, you know, feel the magic of knowing you were there for you two to meet in the chaos for even a moment. I love cryptids. What about you, Peter? Give me some cryptid love. Oh, I I feel the exact same way. I, I mean, I think octopus, octopi oh, are astonishing. Astonishing. Like, it's rare that the octopus comes out. And we just accept out. them as, you know, a thing that's on the planet. But, like, that's that's an alien it's, right there. It has a beak, bro. <laughs> it has eight slimy wild legs that it flies around oceans with, two eyes, a giant brain, and a beak like a parrot. Honestly, they can have it. They can have the earth. We've worn this bitch out. I feel so bad for Mother Earth sometimes. Just, listen, I've had to make a pledge to myself, all right? I've only made two blood pledges in my whole life, and this is the second blood pledge. When I finally have $41 million, I'm not going to purchase land for the rights of mineral access for fracking companies. I'm not going to do it. It's very, it's a very tempting offer. A lot of money when you frack. Can't do it. Not going to turn my fortune into fracking. Uh, we're going we're gonna to build, what is, what's the opposite of a sweatshop? Uh, I don't know. We're going to build the opposite of a sweatshop. Okay. People are going to be like, you don't even have to pay me. This is the most fun I've ever had. That's really bad that we don't even have a name. For we it. don't have a word. Yeah. Like good. What's, what's the word for good working conditions. And then we're going to have exclusive fashion lines made by people who want to be there and want to work. It'll be lit. I'm excited. Um, what was the question, Peter? I don't know what I was talking about. We actually, you, we kind of answered two questions because we just got, there was another question on Bigfoot. And Bigfoot. 
I don't know. I think Bigfoot's probably perceptive. I watched another film the other day. I only watch movies now. It's it wasn't a great movie, but it was called Wolf. Uh, and they were basically saying that we are the only creatures with with consciousness. So you there therefore you cannot be trans species. You can't be a, a wolf trapped in a human's body because we are the only ones with consciousness. Now that's bullshit. Look, I'm looking at Lucy right now. That girl's conscious of everything. She has an understanding. She has emotional awareness. Cranberry has so much emotional awareness. It's unbelievable. She gets it. We talk. We chat. Me and her have a very unique coded language. For people to say that animals don't have consciousness, it's crazy. The Bigfoot knows what he's doing. Let that dude chill. He probably he probably doesn't want to have to kill again, but he will. And he doesn't even like human meat. You really want to eat meat that's just been fed craft singles and crackers? Humans don't eat good food. That's why we don't eat human meat, really, is because like it's on McDonald's feed instead of a nice high grain diet. You know? Maybe we can't talk about cannibalism anymore, Peter. I'm gonna get army hammered here. <laughs> I've never eaten human meat. I just want to clarify. But I do like taboos. I think taboos are the fascination that are going to mark my life forever. Effie, are there any touristy things you're excited to do while you're in Japan? So, me and my lovely partner have a very unique relationship in that I am usually interested in what he is interested in, but I don't know it. So, in these moments where I'm like, there's a million things we could do while we are in Japan. A million. I'm going to trust his take. And we're going to go see whatever he wants to see. We're going to do what he wants to do because I know I will have a lit time. And the second I get caught up on like, I have to go do this thing or I have to see this thing before I leave, it'll end up being a big complicated mess. I can just keep both of us happy by trusting his instincts on what to do and where to go. That's why we do pretty good on The Amazing Race. Now, I will admit here, this is the first time I've said it out loud. I don't know if we'd win. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think we do pretty well. I think we, you know, maybe he could get on Big Brother after that. After He'd seeing be this a contender season, for sure. Yeah, but we we get a little vengeful sometimes, and I think we would like double turn the older moms, and they'd be like, America would turn against us. Oh. And I don't know if I can handle the merch sales drops to when I turn heel on the Amazing Race. <laughs> we'll see. I'm letting him lead the way. I'm very excited to just be a part of Japan. I don't want to go as a like a. I mean, I am going kind of as a white tourist, but I don't need to like see all the touristy things. I want to go to restaurants. I want to I want to eat food. I want to eat a little horse meat, okay? Very lean. And I want to have a good time with all my people. The people going to Japan are going to make this such a pleasant trip. The people in Japan are making this a pleasant trip, and I'm learning a lot about embassies and visas. So, fun. My work visa was processed. We're through. AJ's visa, we're working on it right now. He has a volunteer visa because he's helping out with the merch at the event and helping with the event, but he's not paid for that. But if he sells a bunch of merch and I have the money that I'm paid, I can take him out and do whatever he wants to do. And I want to treat my baby in Japan. It's going to be lit. Amazing. And the dogs actually, big news, are getting to stay with someone. Uh, Trevor Outlaw, who I'm spending the weekend with in Chicago, oh, yeah. he's coming to stay here. So the dogs will get to stay at home. Now, Bebop loves going to his boarding because he plays. He plays he's fetch so all social. day. He's very social. That's why it's like when we're at home and we're like lazy old people and he's like, can we do more? I'm like, we've done it for two hours, Bebop. Please, please. We're old. So doing that is helpful, but also like being in his own house is also very helpful. That's a perfect segue into our next question. This is from Julie. Peter and Effie, as fellow dog people, any thoughts on adding a second dog to the household? 
My family is lobbying to get another dog, but I'm nervous about it. What if they don't get along? Will my dog get jealous of sharing the attention? Will it be twice the work? Any insights or opinions are welcome. Okay, it's not twice the work, but it is a different amount and kind of work. Luckily, Bebop and Cranberry knew each other before they moved in together. Mm -hmm. So they had a bit of a rapport, but Bebop is also like a year and a half years old. And at that age and a dog, they have literally unlimited energy. So having her here, she's actually started to form a little bit like some bad habits. But me, knowing me, I don't think they're bad habits. Like it's lit. Like Cranberry never barks. This is what this is the noise Cranberry makes if she's happy. Lucy's looking at me. You've heard this noise. And she has started doing this beautiful, like hesitant, I'm gonna show you bark, where she'll go. And it's incredible, but she's never done it before until Bebop came into the house and started barking up a fucking storm. <laughs> now, he is a cattle dog rat terrier, so he's also just looking to kill everything. And I will say this. AJ was mad he was just eating everything, but then he, and this is gross, he ate a fly out of the air. Oh, my God. AJ goes, oh. <gasps> He can catch bugs. And I was like, I don't think his diet needs to be bugs, but they were bred to catch pests. They were bred to catch rice, rice, <laughs> mice and rats and cockroaches. They were bred to catch these, these pests in the home. And so this is what he wants to do. And when you have a second dog, they require different attention. They have different energies. I found myself the other day petting Cranberry's belly while playing fetch with Bebop at the same time. And AJ came around and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, satiating my children. They both need love in different ways. And it's a lot. It's crazy. Granted, I also have the benefit of like, I kind of leave the dogs with AJ sometimes. And he has to take on some of that work. But there are like little tips and tricks that have made it a lot easier. Like having the leash where they walk each other and walk together. Um, defining their food areas, having Bebop go to the kennel when he's tired, you know, it's like not a problem. He's like, he wants to go lay down, mm -hmm. having those moments of rest and separation and just making sure your first dog doesn't get overwhelmed. You got to have those check-ins. The second dog requires a lot of energy, but you got to keep checking in kind of emotionally with that first dog and be like, what's good. What's good. Me and Cranberry went on a walk alone the other day. I see you just want to get out of the house a little bit, go hang out. Went up to the park. She loved it. She loves going with Bebop. They have so much fun. But she's still like my little princess girl. Mm -hmm. And if she wants some alone time with daddy, we're going to do it. So, yeah, it's a lot more work. My life is full of joy. Uh, I've also had to kind of mitigate the issues, you know, family style. Uh, but I think we're going to have a good time. And really, this the break-in period that we're all worried about with the second dog, it only lasts so long. And then they get in a rhythm and a routine. And even Cranberry's like, come on, Bebop. You can do this. And so it's been beautiful. I recommend it highly. Get a second dog. Excellent. I want I 30 that. dogs in a barn with air conditioning. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about Jeff Jarrett leaving WWE after only a month or so? You know, I'm in a new place in my life. And I hope that, I hope that you know, my shit talking didn't play any part of this. But knowing Jeff Jarrett, he is a man who, you know, out of all the things you can say about Jeff Jarrett, he is someone who sticks to his guns. I mean, 
He held Vince McMahon up for money before. He is about getting his money. He is about being a professional. There are aspects of Jeff Jarrett that frustrate me that are actually things I think I'm a little bit jealous of. But now kind of being removed from the situation, being in a new place, we're going for the tag team titles. I got war games. I got Big Gay Brunch ahead. It's not something that like I have in my mind. And I know that he'll probably be busy. You know, Conrad wants to do some stuff in wrestling. I know him and Conrad are pretty close. Maybe they go work something out or do something. You know, I don't know. It doesn't concern me anymore. I wish Jeff Jarrett the best. Uh, shout out Karen Jarrett. She was always very polite to me, uh, even though she's the heat magnet we all know. And I will say this. Once uh, your stepson graduates high school, I'm happy to honor his request for a fight. Uh, but Jay Lethal is not allowed to be the referee. That's all I'm going to say. Beautiful. Uh, what, do you, what movie do you think has the best soundtrack? Oh. Their pick is Blues Brothers. Okay, Blues Brothers rips, but also, is it the Big Chill? The Big Chill soundtrack is kind of legendary, and I used to play the shit out of the Big Chill soundtrack. I don't have my phone here, because I broke it, and I'm fixing it before the brunch. Uh, but I remember the Big Chill soundtrack being a... I didn't see that movie until much later, but I had the soundtrack, because it was lit. But I'm also like a big fan of... Uh, there was a there was a composer who passed away, and I forgot his name, but he did like the soundtrack for Arrival. He may have done the soundtrack for annihilation uh he did a few big soundtracks but he passed away and i'm not sure of his name but sometimes i just listen to that music at night and that sort of cinematic movie scape stuff is great for dream soundtrack material you know is it johan johnson it is what other films did he do peter johan johnson uh, let's see he has a, a storied career before he passed away he did prisoners great film God, that movie. That's the straightest disturbing. Hugh Jackman's ever acted. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, he did uh, the new Blade Runner. Okay, that makes sense. That's lit. Uh, he did Mandy. Did you see Mandy? Oh, I for sure saw Mandy. Mandy is a classic. I saw, I'm a big Nick Cage. I'll see anything the man is in. A hundred percent. I saw an advanced screening in Atlanta, Ooh. and the, you remember the Cheddar Goblin? Yes. The company that made the Cheddar Goblin is based out of Atlanta, and they were in the theater with us seeing it for the first time. Wow. We like, got to talk to them after. That's incredible. To cool. see your work happen in a real mm -hmm. way. Uh, I love that. I, I, I had some friends that went to see the Serbian film props thing, setup thing. Have you seen this? No. They have all the props on display from a Serbian film. Very dark shit. Don't oh go. My God. Don't go look it up if you're not familiar. Oh but they showed me all the pictures. It was really incredible. Uh, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a fucking nightmare. But they said it kind of helps to see that it's not real things. Maybe in a way. I don't know. Um, it's favorite movie soundtrack. That's hard, right? It is really hard. Also, like another movie that jumps to mind would be. Um, what was it called? Grind? Do you remember the the teen skate comedy Grind that Wee Man was in? Yes. They have a sick soundtrack for that film, dude. I'm serious. I must have been in middle school when that came out. I was like, this soundtrack rips. Um, God, I just I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, sort of, kind of Ferris Bueller, but not really. Ooh. I think the first Matrix soundtrack rips. Ooh, I think so. I mean, there's such a, a shift in all of cinema after that movie drops that like there are a lot of soundtracks that are reminiscent to the Matrix, but that thing is its own sort of 
full there's, wake up. There's songs that I hear now and I go, oh, this would be perfect on like an alternate Matrix. So like it's like a category of music. Yeah, Matrix music. Matrix it's a whole thing. Matrix movies, Matrix music, the new Matrix. Woo. I I know it wasn't uh, a lot of people are not a fan of it. I loved it. It was a mess, Peter. I, <laughs> I enjoyed it while I was watching it. But it's I have to kind of measure movies on like if I would watch it again. I don't know if I could sit through the whole thing. I don't know if I can do it. I'm just being honest. The the ending was um, <laughs> oof, definitely shot on like a, a COVID stage. In like yeah, the middle of the we got to get one like more ratio. Two people there. Just two Zoom calls and OBS was how they made the new Matrix movie. <laughs> uh, do you believe in aliens? Why or why not? Uh, so I sort of, I've had to come to grips with this because... I'm a big believer, as we've discussed here, on being kind of in the center of the convex concave, where if we look into the stars, there are infinite possibilities forward. And you can say things like it's 100 million light years away, and we will never functionally be able to achieve any of those things. So unless aliens choose to come here and vibe things and look at us and reveal themselves... Uh, my belief, I don't think, will affect my life on aliens. I think it's joyful to think about, and I think a lot of the technologies that we look around, you know, like the jump from when my great-grandmother was born in 1906 to when she died in, like, 2008 is crazy. You know, it's there's such a big shift, and you look at 10,000 years of human history, and you're like, I don't know, it looks like we maybe got a booster card somewhere in there. But, you know, when you're sort of trapped in the reality of, your thoughts being infinite and your imagination being infinite and the outward into the stars being an infinite quadrex of things and visions that we can see more of every day. I don't think it fucking matters, Peter. I think the aliens should come and show themselves or they should stop being fucking cowards because you want to look at me. You want to be a voyeur. You want to watch me like Pornhub, you little freaks do it. All right. You're a coward. All right. We don't like cucks in this house. We like people to honor their legacy. We want people to show their face. You don't get to watch from the coat closet while we make passionate love. You better come show your fucking face and you better let me ride on a space saucer. But also, much like Nope, some of these alien species, I don't even think we're going to comprehend what they are or how they see us. Uh, so, you know, bring it on, aliens. I would love to see some aliens, but it doesn't affect my everyday life at this moment. I would love for it to. I agree. Yeah. That's really what I want out of this whole thing is like, I, I want, I want all the weird little subtext of the reality movie that we're in right now yeah. to like, like the fact Kinda that click. They, they hired a bunch of uh, theologians on how to talk about aliens to the U S public. Well, they've been doing it forever. What do you think angels are? You dumb fucks. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's talk about pyramids, bro. You know, you want to get into some deep shit? <laughs> Let me tell you something. There were never enslaved Jews in Egypt historically. Who built the fucking pyramids? This is going to be a controversial take. I'm sorry. I saw Alien versus Predator. I know about the Antarctic pyramids. All right. If they want to come duel it out, good. I'm glad it's Alien versus Predator and not Alien versus Predator versus me in a triple threat match. Okay. Let them have it. And if they're cool aliens that are already here, they're octopuses, Peter. You already called that shit. Mm -hmm. Octopi. Don't eat octopus, they say. I do. I really like the idea that they're not extraterrestrials. They're ultra terrestrials and that they've got like a whole civilization under the ocean. Yeah. I, I think mean, that would be lit. And this very well could just be a sandbox for them. What a vibe that would be. That'd the be Sim 6. You're in it, you stupid bitch.
I can't wait for the expansion pack. All right, we got one last question. I love it. It just says stoned ape theory. Stoned ape theory. One further. One further. Aquatic mammal mushroom theory. Let's go in on it, okay? Consciousness has been formed freely and greatly in my life through moments of mind-altering drugs. Now, in the Old Testament, there has been some guessing that the ancient manna out in the desert where they were lost for 40 days. I don't know if you've ever taken mushrooms. We won't legally admit to anything here. Time can be percepted. And if you were walking with your bros in the desert just eating mushrooms for 40 days that you thought, it'd probably feel like a lifetime too. I think that some of these creatures found this magic and we poisoned ourselves into consciousness. We didn't ask why until we were tripping our little aquatic balls off. And why do old people return to the sea, Peter? Because we're the aquatic apes, all right? Stoned apes makes a little sense. I get it. But birds, they get drunk. Monkeys get drunk. They eat weird stuff. They haven't quite made it to us yet. We ate mushrooms, bro. We ate a ton of mushrooms. We were aquatic little mammal creatures. And then we became ourselves. And we asked why, and we never should have done it. Why did we ask why? If we had never asked why, I'd still be rocking all kinds of cool shit. Just swimming in the ocean, eating plankton and krill, being a whale. They got a shark in Greenland. It's 500 years old. That's an old-ass shark. But look, does he look concerned? Doesn't seem to be. Damn. We tripped our way out of the ocean and we became stockbrokers. What a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Quote the raven, go back into the sea, you fucking humans. You've ruined it. Yeah, that's how I feel. Stone Dave theory. Beautiful. Yeah. Why are we so soft in the middle? Why are we why are we not furrier? Why is our skin so soft? You know? It's not a very good design. If, if everybody's like worried about uh, genetically enhanced humans in the future and are we going to like wipe out certain characteristics because we don't want them. I want to wipe in certain characteristics because I do want them. I want my child to have scales. I would like my child to be born with an exoskeleton and rich armor and then he would win every fight. Okay. So let's, let's genetically modify ourselves further. Let's keep eating mushrooms. <laughs>